0: Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. What's up, you guys? It's Kate. And JJ. And we are back for season 10 of the Heart of Dating podcast. The Super
1: Bowl season. Yeah,
0: wanna tell them what it's about?
1: This is season 10. And in case you haven't heard, this season is our biggest one yet. Why? Wow, that was great (laughs) chemistry. (laughs) Because it's about sex.
0: sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about you and me. and me. Let's talk about all the good things. <laughs> da, 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 da.
1: you know what's so funny? What? Anytime we do Q and A and take questions from Instagram, that's right. What is the number one question?
0: (laughs) Everyone's asking now about sex. I know, but also before that, people also. You guys have tons of questions on boundaries as well and how to bring up sexual past. So let me tell you why we're doing this. The reason why we're doing this series is because oftentimes when you hear. Uh, about sex, or a pastor talks about sex, or there's any talks on sex, it's like, ooh, we can't talk about that. The singles are around. Or, ooh, singles, get out of the room. This is just for the marrieds. And I think we're really in a bad place when we do that, because then we have singles, Christian singles, who are learning about sex maybe like once in a while from their pastor, or not at all. And they're learning about it in other ways. Ie the purity culture and we have many listeners who grew up in the purity culture era like myself Maybe you're learning about it from culture which is on the other side which also is not a great healthy view of sex. Maybe you're you're learning from your parents but that's not really that healthy either yeah and so you fill in the blanks and the narratives with a lot of different things when really the church, should be giving resources for singles about sexual education. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And like the foundation of season 10 and our heart is this. Our hypothesis and what happened with us is if the church doesn't teach about sex, culture will. Yeah. If the church doesn't teach it, culture will. And it's funny, as we've shared that hypothesis, there's a very similar one when it comes to parenting as well. If you don't teach your kids about something, guess what? Culture will their friends Mm, will, their school will, their TV shows, their movies will. So that's where we just want, as a single audience and community, just want to lay the foundation. This whole season is a privilege. It's an honor for us to get to talk about sexual ethic, the foundation of sex, the wedding night, a honeymoon. Yeah, like in a and, really really awesome way.
0: And go through the myths and debunk things like sexual expectations. We want to talk about porn and masturbation. We want to talk about so many things that you guys are wondering and you're waiting to ask these questions until you're engaged and you shouldn't be. Right. You should be asking these questions now, and you should be educated now. This is important stuff. Sex was created by God to be an amazing, beautiful thing, and we should understand that and also understand these nuances. And so today in the episode, JJ and I are going to talk about our sex story. (laughs) Uh, After we got married, some of you guys were messaging us like, hey, so how was the the wedding night?
1: It was (laughs) like like the day after, like DMs, like, so how was it?
0: I'm like- Maybe one day we'll share. And now is that day, but not like right after we're still processing it. (laughs) I I was laughing. We
1: "We love you guys,
0: but (laughs) but let us figure this out first. (laughs) Thank you. Uh so before we get into this, it's going to be so good and the rest of the season we actually are bringing on other guests as well. So, you know, the last few seasons have been mainly just JJ and I, which has been super fun. This season we're bringing on some awesome guests to help us have these conversations. And so, these are this season is the first time JJ and I have co-interviewed people. So, that's really fun yeah. and also really new and exciting. And so, we're going to talk about so many things. Also, we have A special guest coming on that's going to be talking also about abuse and entering into a marriage after cases of abuse. There's just so much here that we need to discuss and we're really hoping to cover a lot of ground in this nuanced season.
1: Yeah. I think what I'm most excited to cover is that we get to cover a few different angles Mm -hmm. of people's expectations and then their experiences and they are very, very different across the board and that's awesome that we can talk about that.
0: Yeah, I agree. So we hope you walk away with a better, deeper understanding of your sexual ethic. We hope you feel more educated. We hope you feel more healed and hopeful and excited and expectant. We hope you have more clarity, all of those things combined. And we also hope that you have permission and give yourself permission to talk about this. It's okay to talk about sex and your questions about it. Like, it is okay. It's a good thing to wonder. It's not this secret thing that, oh, we can't even say the word Mm -hmm. sex. Like No, even if you're saying, yes, you can say the word sex and ask questions out with good intentions, of course. Okay. So really quick, a few announcements before we jump in. Uh School of Dating is one of our favorite things ever that we started last spring. It's an eight-week mentorship program where we really take you under our wings throughout three different phases to transform your dating life from start to finish. Uh, It is just my favorite thing, you guys. It's, we have about a class of 35, 30 to 35 people. It's intimate, it's intentional. We meet twice a week. It is intensive. Okay, that's why we call it an intensive mentorship program, but you will walk away a different person.
1: Yeah, I mean, and talk about like a privilege for you and I. We see people walk in and walk out Completely change. Yeah. Like there is nothing better than seeing people know their past more, knowing Jesus more, and then letting that kinda overflow into their dating life. Yeah. And we get super, super practical, really, really nitty gritty. That is by far and away my favorite part of Heart of Dating now. Yeah. Very quickly has become We love like the bread and butter. Dating. It's so good.
0: We will be your homies. Okay. We'll be your biggest cheerleaders and we'll call you out a bit. But that is <laughs> our favorite part. Um so go to joinschoolofdating.com if you want to sign up. We already have a wait list. So you could always get on the wait list for next time. You'll see that on the website too. But if you want to register, we only do registration a few times a year. So go to joinschoolofdating.com. Okay, baby, you want to tell them about your mini mansos, which are <laughs> continuing?
1: Yeah, well, there you go, guys. Guess what? <laughs> the boss herself, the CEO of Heart of Dating, just approved and green-lighted. I didn't even know until this conversation. <laughs> we are green-lit for season two of the not-so-mitty Mansowed Fridays. <laughs> and that is exclusively not because I was good, because you guys were awesome. You guys have been so supportive. And the feedback, based off the first season... You tell me.
0: Like, it went so well. Yeah. And we want more and more dudes to listen. Send it to your dudes. Ladies, we know you're listening to. Totally cool. But send it to guys. You know, this is the only way we can, t- can continue to get more and more men into heart of dating, which I know is your big heart. I babe. know.
1: Probably my favorite thing that the ladies of heart of dating, what they do, mm-hmm. <laughs> is if they're dating a guy that they like and they're counting a problem of some sort, yeah. they don't like, you know... <laughs> Hey, I'm where they just sent them an episode of Heart of Day yeah. and like, hey, I need you to listen to this and get back to me with you your you were just notes. talking Thank to you. somebody
0: about that. Yeah. I know. They sent them that?
1: boundaries and pace. That's yep. been like the go-to one. So hopefully <laughs> these episode. mansodes for you ladies are helpful to you know understand how we're wired as men. And then mm-hmm. two, you know, you can send to your single guy friends and they're impactful. So yeah. But I'm pumped.
0: I am pumped too. Okay, real quick, I want to thank our sponsors for today's episode, Athletic Greens, who's going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs when you do your first purchase by going to athleticgreens.com forward slash HOD. We'll tell you more about it in just a minute. Okay, babe, are you ready to get into the episode? (laughs) Are you ready to talk about sex?
1: I am ready.
0: Okay, here we go. We really prayed about what we were going to share with you guys today, and we're really excited. And we want to clarify, we're not sex experts, okay? (laughs) We are just like in the beginning of figuring all this out. But we wanted to share vulnerably with you guys um, and lead with vulnerability about the journey from you know, our past to being engaged, to preparing for sex and marriage, to our honeymoon night, to our honeymoon, to post honeymoon. And so that's what we're going to go over today.
1: Yeah. We're like, we're freshmen is what we say. We're rookies when it comes to this uh, journey of sex. And if it's helpful, we actually did an episode about navigating sexual paths that's been received really, really well, just because it's really, really awesome. Kate, to put it plainly, has a external colorful history when it comes to her sexual past. And I have a pretty, quote, conservative external sexual past with other women, but internally have a journey filled with pornography and struggles. And we really, really got down to the nitty gritty and how to communicate and talk about that and dating. But so as a refresher, that and that's episode, episode. 154, yeah, that a good one fifty four. Yeah, navigating sexual past.
0: So we're not going to go into that in detail. Yeah, but um, we'll we'll break it down very briefly because we got to get to the other good stuff, you know. But to give you some ground like thoughts for where we started, um, I do have a sexual past, like JJ said, and. Um, I really have a bad experience also uh, with purity culture in my story. And if you read my book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, I wrote about this in chapter three of my book. Now, I have had a lot of healing in that area, but it was a very hard and sensitive area for me. And sex for me was used often as currency. I used sexual things to connect with men at an early age and I used it to fill this void inside of me of just wanting to be seen, wanting to be loved. And eventually I entered into purity culture in like high school, okay? And it just added so much shame to what I viewed about myself and sex and also what really Freaked me out because if you've read my book, you'll know if you listen to episode 144, they gave me like a list. They're like, oh, you have a boyfriend now? Okay, you guys, this is what you have to do. No using a blanket. Sit like one foot away from each other at all times. Only dating in groups. Like a list of things that I had to sign. Like a pledge. Like, yes, I will do these things on top of coming to marriage counseling. Because the only way I could date and have permission to date in this youth group situation, Bible group situation, was if I wanted to marry this guy. And I was 16 years old. I mean, that is wild. But it actually, I'll be really honest, I did have sex with that guy at 16. And that was my first time. And it was after hearing all the purity culture messages. Which is really ironic, but uh, it also added so much shame, and so I talk a lot more about that in episode 154 and in my book. Uh, and later in my life, I had really had this mentality that women, we it's our job to mitigate um lust for a man, and therefore, I If a guy is coming on to me too strong or crosses boundaries, it's always my fault because I must have misled him. And this unfortunate, horrible way of thinking led me to being raped in the future and blaming myself for that entirely. I I had completely compartmentalized that, didn't even realize it till years and years later in my life. And so I had to go on a big journey of healing from all of this and uh, healing what I actually thought about sex, and I had to really connect to my why. And so I took down a lot of the layers, the layers of shame, the layers of shooting, and rebuilt my why that was connected to the heart of God and why God loves sex and why it's holy and why it's a thing to be sanctified. Um And from there, I set boundaries for myself, boundaries that, you know, were sometimes stricter because for me, I knew myself and I knew this wasn't like my strongest area, so I had to be a little stricter in my dating journey with some of my boundaries. Okay, so that's my past.
1: That was great. <laughs> Thank you yeah, for baby. sharing that. Yeah. And you're always so vulnerable. I always yeah. really appreciate it. Thanks, and lady. it challenges me to be vulnerable and transparent mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was probably one of the things that stuck out to me the most when I first heard you on that Zoom call oh. was just how vulnerable you are and how much healing you've experienced on earth. So, okay, that was hmm. that was not on the outline. So <laughs> I just love you, okay? Love you, yeah. Um, My sexual past is very different hmm. and it's great. I love that we're different and we can speak to two different stories. Uh, that's actually how it usually happens in marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an external and an internal past, meaning externally my experience was um, a little bit more limited as in like I just had... I made out with women you know I'm i made out with uh, a, a good handful <laughs> a good handful handful of women i'm tripping up now because i'm looking at my bride my wife <laughs> and saying this stuff but anyway but and we had talked about that and then i had done oral sex one time mm-hmm. and that was my external like experience very much in a jar like, very, very limited in some ways, but definitely colorful in a lot of other ways. And internally, and this is what I would harp on much, much more, especially in a group of men, I had a extensive problem with porn and masturbation on and off, on and off from, like, 14 to, like, 24 years old. Mm. And that was, like, you know, you talk about a year of victory and then, like, a year of just struggling, 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 like, Back and forth, back and forth. I've been through it all. So even though I was a virgin, especially from like a penetrative sex point of view, I absolutely had lots of ties with other girls. And what I would consider, you know, however you look at soul ties in pornography, whether it's through an object, like a virtual object or a virtual person, Mm. plenty, plenty to go around there. So I used to like quietly use that like virgin Are they a virgin or are they not a virgin as like a checkbox, like as a barometer to my person's, you know, spiritual health, my compatibility and whether or not I could date them.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people do that, which is what we mainly talked about in episode 154. Very,
1: very common. But as, and that was a super juvenile and immature way Mm -hmm. to view it. Uh, As I kept dating and as I kept pursuing God, I was just so wrecked when, you know, it just hit me, the reality that the Bible is filled with imperfect person after imperfect person with stories and past and history i mean paul was literally hunting christians and then he was called to an amazing story in god's kingdom and then it hit me i mean like why am i so fixated on this one aspect of their life in their past when it says nothing about who they are today yeah right and like regardless of her past, who is she today? And more importantly, how can I not extend her grace after all the grace and forgiveness I have received for my sexual sin, especially the hidden sin, Yeah. right? And so more importantly to come, like my sexual past is not worse or better than hers. It's not more colorful and therefore more, you know, brings more damnation. It's just part of her past and my past. And the most important question is, who are they today? Yeah. How much healing have they seen in their life? How much redemption have they experienced while on earth in their singleness? And so that's our background.
0: Okay. I love so it. So we'll jump from there. Well, and that. that's good because a lot of people have asked me like, Kate, hey, well, what was it like? You had a past and JJ was a virgin. And so we will talk about that quote unquote virgin. I kind of like don't love the word virgin, but anyway. So- yeah, I mean that that gives you some ground. Like we really had a healthy, healthy. We we talked about these things, especially in engagement, and we really had a a healthy place where J- I knew JJ saw me without judgment for my past, yeah. and I confessed things to you that I hadn't really told. One or two people in my life before that, yeah. Just because I really wanted to share, and you were so gracious, right. and Loving,
1: and that's super important. Like you yeah. didn't lead with that per se, mm-hmm. but it came over time where there was a lot of trust.
0: Yes, right. A and, lot of trust built,
1: and the super grace filled environment. Yeah, that that is irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. So let's start from there, and then talk about maybe how we prepped for yeah. sex while. Still dating it while well, like engage. engaged. Mainly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we actually in pre-engagement counseling, we took the Simbis test, S-Y-M-B-I-S. We've talked about it before in an episode on preparing engagement and preparing for marriage. And in that test, you have a section on sex and you Talk about your sex expectations, mainly just like the frequency of mm-hmm. sex. That's really all there. I there, think there's way more to talk about with expectations for sure. But definitely in there was the frequency is, of sex. And that was funny because I remember I put every single day and you didn't, right?
1: Yeah. I said, I think like every other day or yeah. three to five times and a I'll, week.
0: And I was like, every day. And
1: Kate said, every day. <laughs> What's funny about that is we were both thinking about the other person and oh. what they would want. So Kate thought I would want it every day. And I was and like, well. I was well, like,
0: I can try to do it every day. Let's make it happen. It's so
1: funny. And then I was like, I mean, I would love to do it every day, but like, I know she might not be there. So I'll be happy with three to five times a week.
0: Yeah. So that was funny because <laughs> we talked about that in the Simbus like analysis and gotten the same page of you know, our frequency. However, you really can't (laughs) figure out your frequency until you're married. Like, I just think it's important to talk about expectations. And like, if my expectation really was JJ have sex with me every single day, I was saying that because I was more like, I know he'll probably want to do that. I'm open to it. Like I can I can make if I'm in the mood, I'll try to make that happen. Yeah. Like I genuinely wanted to, but you know, the reality of life is a little bit different, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, let's <laughs>
1: give you guys a spoiler on this. We are both wrong <laughs> in yeah. our expectations for what we wanted and expected yeah. to do. We are both completely wrong. Yes. But it was good to talk about it.
0: So then that was pre-engagement counseling. And then in engagement, we also did pre-marital. And do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. And especially if you're a dude here listening to this, I would just say pre-marital counseling. And we specifically just spent one session for a couple hours going over the Song of Solomon mm-hmm. with Papa Diva, who did our – he was our officiant. He's Kate's spiritual father. Yeah. And he did our pre-marital. Of all the things I, I went through, of all the things I did – the premarital counseling going over the song of solomon was fundamentally the most impactful thing i did.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Why? Because it it like even in that session i felt it healing and and switching and transforming in my mind. Sex was being rewired to be completely focused on Kate. And that was the opposite of what porn and masturbation and my temptations and sexual past had taught me. Mm-hmm. Everything that the world and the culture had taught me about sexual fulfillment for myself. Mm-hmm. And that was so fundamental in changing how I approached sex on the wedding night. And I would not have been the man I was that night without this learning and this pivotal moment with God's word and Song of Solomon and the stories there. And how others focused it was on giving and just admiring and partaking it just rocked my world.
0: Yeah. And Diwa also really challenged you with this whole analogy with this rope. We won't get into all that, but really to like really honor me in engagement. And I think that was a like took everything to another level in terms of accountability cuz Papa Dewa loves me, knows me, loves JJ, but for him to look at JJ in a way that was like a godly loving way, yeah, not a, con- a condemning way, but like honor your future bride. Yeah. And he was like I want to look at you on the wedding day and be able to say like did you honor her? Right. And in a beautiful way, you guys. Okay. And it was like so powerful. Any temptation we may have had in engagement after that moment, especially, JJ was like eyes focused on D- Papa Diwa <laughs> in a good way, not in a shaming way, well, but like that yeah, was I like. I did
1: fear him and the consequences of. Right. But in a, in a sense, I did. It was a, a healthy fear and understanding. So I would healthy just call it like a sobriety. Yeah. yeah. And mo- most importantly, I would actually say that. Engagement was easier in that sense because you're just so close, like you're so close. Why, like why? Yeah, you we know? found
0: it pretty easy in engagement. You know, to... I thought it
1: was much easier because you're just you have a date set in stone. That's not to look always what you hear. Yeah, yeah. But for us, it personally felt easier because it's just it's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Like, so.
0: Okay, so I love that. Another thing that we did, unless you had something else. No, that's great. Another thing we did is, and everyone's asked about this because I did share about it on Instagram, but (sighs) the week that we got married, we did do a sex course together and- I'm not gonna tell you guys the name of it because I I only want to share things with you that I really, really, really believe in. and so hopefully you know that I'm like deeply authentic in that way. I wouldn't necessarily recommend this course for you guys. um it did help us in having some good and safe conversations about sex. Uh, but there were some things I was like, yeah, it was know.
1: like a seven out of ten.
0: It was like a seven out of ten. and yeah. if it was higher, maybe like six on my end or six and a half. yeah, it started some good conversations. This also revealed to us, we were like, there needs to be more better, healthy sexual education yeah. for people who are married, but also people preparing for marriage. Because exactly, I would I would have, <laughs> uh, maybe we'll make that one day. I don't know, not right now, but. Well,
1: you know, I think it was great in its purpose that it mm-hmm. facilitated safe conversations about sex, like logistically, the anatomy, desire of sex, yeah. and expectations for both of us. Like it really facilitated really, really healthy, great conversations. The teaching accuracy, you know, was debatable at times, but like a, a minor amount of times. But I do think that, listen, I went to a Christian private school for 10 years and then I went to a big public school for two years after that. My churches at no point did sex ed. Like my sex ed and my anatomy of the female body was like really, really small. and. And it should have been in a lot of ways because I'm like, as a single guy, I'm not going to go do sex ed and learn about the anatomy of a female just in my free time. I just, I didn't have a desire to do that. I didn't see a need for that. But at some point, I think it would have been awesome for me, whether in middle school, high school, college, and the church capacity to have some kind of fundamental understanding. And I had nothing. Yeah. (laughs) So like kate I like, was teaching him. like biology <laughs> lessons it was like biology oh, 101 and yeah. anatomy i loved uh, it
0: but but that also revealed to me like people don't know and you didn't know like you didn't know yeah how, and i'm
1: not gonna go how many you, holes a
0: woman has i'm not gonna I just called you out but uh,
1: <laughs> that's true i didn't know how many holes were down there I didn't know the structure. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I I I embarrassed you saying that. Because it's funny in a way, and it's also really like-
0: But it's sad. Why would I know that? Well, because there should be better education about these things. That's why.
1: But like, it would have been kind of weird if I was just studying female anatomy on my own. Right,
0: but you should know. like, We should know these things. It's anatomy. Anyway, that's a whole (laughs) side thing. So let's talk about some other stuff because we have a lot to get through.
1: (laughs) Don't worry, now he knows how many holes there are. Okay, so moving right (laughs) along,
0: what we were, we also started talking very loosely about like right before the wedding, like what we were excited about with one another, um, sexually, and we didn't like go into like explicitives, okay, guys, but you know we talked about things that we were excited about because that can also be it can often be super awkward if you don't have conversations <sighs> leading up you want to have some conversations you want to start the warming up the dialogue right because and, yeah you can't just like that idea from zero to 100 on your wedding night is so bizarre so we <laughs> we were talking about like I'm like I'm excited for to have sex at night I love I I love that that's like yeah my prime time yeah. I would like love to have sex I was excited to about lingerie and putting on lingerie and I was like, ooh, I'm excited, especially after my bachelorette and uh, you communicated some things you were excited about with me. Yeah,
1: and I think most importantly, if you're nervous and that's kind of somewhat awkward talking about sex before you're getting married, like this should be a great way to kind of facilitate and enter in the conversation. Talk about what you're excited about, Yeah, you know, vulnerably. I was excited about for the first time. I really didn't have a good baseline. I was really, really excited for me um i was really excited about sex one day if i did get married <laughs> yeah and so i was just excited about the first time the frequency the exploration of it especially cuz i just i for me it was so important to wait for marriage and every kind of capacity it was just something i just held on reserve for the journey of sex between me and my wife one day Mm, that's why it was super super rewarding in that sense um and then that transition to obviously talking about the wedding night and the expectations and the desires and i don't think everybody talks explicitly about the the wedding, wedding night, night going into it yeah, right there's was, like a little bit of mystery around this it this is
0: very important i think um and we got so many questions about that your wedding night blah blah, blah. and it i would say you need to talk about it before you get married you should both be on the same page about what your expectations are yeah um and have them outed because if my expectations are this and jj's are this like and they're completely on two different pages like that's going to be really weird and uncomfortable so you want to like talk about them and so i shared with jj i already knew kind of in my mind what i pictured and i had talked to friends about this and also talked about it like just like what they did, how they were comfortable. And I told him, I was like, you know, I for me, what would make me feel really comfortable is if I could take a shower when we get back and feel clean and good and just like ease into it. And um I want I want to do that because a lot of people's expectation is like, whoo you enter the room in the honeymoon suite, and all of a sudden all the clothes come off. And it's we'll explain that in a second. Like what actually happened. James Bond. Yeah. And it's like, but also like for me, it's like I'm sweating all day. I want to feel good. I want to smell good. Like all those things are important to me and a lot of women I know. And so I was like, I told JJ, I'm like, I really want to like do that. And that was really good. I think it was good for you to know that was my expectation. It
1: was, it was super important because that was my expectation expectation in a way.
0: Was that we would go it, into the door. Yeah. And like, like you're tearing each other, off. you're
1: pinning each other against walls. Like it's just a mess and you're just, stuff is flinging everywhere. <laughs> like that was my idea from culture yes, <laughs> and my mind and my fantasy. And so the fact that Kate and this was spurred after the conversation about how important it is to be fresh and clean from a female perspective, mm-hmm. That was spurred on by the the pre um the premarital sex course we took, yeah like they really went at length they're just talking about how important it is for a female to be clean, yeah feeling fresh, and I had no idea, I had no clue it was that important, and so I was super super happy to have a very very clear idea of what she wanted and what she preferred because that totally set the foundation of the whole night Mm -hmm. that, and really just like removing all expectations on my end and going directly to her and saying, how would you feel most loved? How would you feel most cherished? Especially after the song of Solomon session, I mentioned sex at that moment was so not about me and exclusively Mm -hmm. focused on her, like Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit totally channeled in like hey how can i best intimately love and delicately cherish her yeah which led to a really cool moment
0: yeah so let's tell you on our actual wedding night uh-huh. this is what happened woo everyone wants to know um you know the good news is because we had conversations in advance i I felt like we were in a good place when we entered our honeymoon suite, which was so sweet and cute and romantic. And I'll never forget it. Our friends decorated it and Jamie, our wedding planner, did. And it was the most romantic, sweet honeymoon suite, wasn't it? Like, I just still remember walking in and being like, oh, my
1: God. It, it was super super intimate oh, so and special so beautiful
0: and um yeah so the the reality is i wanted to shower and before that this is the reality you guys okay you ready before i showered We had this really sweet and intimate moment where I had my big princess wedding gown on Monique Lillier and, you know, my hair was up and I like had to take all the bobby pins out and everything. So I sat on the ground and I was like, babe, will you help me take my dress off? and not in a sexy way. Like, in a can you help me? I'm like, this is a lot. It's heavy. And it was just sweet and tender. And what made it that much more sweet, you guys, was I actually had extensions in my hair that were like clip-ins. If you ladies, you know what I'm talking about. And I had to take them out, right? Because they were like just in for this, for that day for my hairstyle. And I was like, babe... <laughs> Will you help me take my hair extensions out? (laughs) And he was so cute and sweet and you just were like they were clips and you were just so gently you didn't want to pull my hair you were just like gently unclipping them and making sure it didn't tug and it was just so sweet and tender and what could have been like weird and awkward i didn't feel like i thought it was kind of funny i'm like i'm literally sitting on the ground in my giant princess dress and jada is taking the extensions out of my hair <laughs>
1: yeah it's like so like, like, it was so funny by
0: himself and it was so cute you guys uh Uh, you know because like what girl wants the man to like see the extensions let alone take them out and here i am allowing him this vulnerable moment to like take them out i was like i know i can't do this on my own i tried one and i was like this is not working hey honey let me
1: just say them things were in there (laughs) i was like what is going on here (laughs) i would have like wished for a youtube tutorial video to prep me for this moment but I just like I felt bad too I had to be Mm -hmm. super super delicate and but that moment itself was so profound because that was as good as sex itself in the sense of establishing Mm -hmm. the unity the delicate Mm -hmm. nature of our interactions for Mm -hmm. that night and just having an opportunity to serve my bride
0: Mm -hmm. you made me feel so safe yeah and comfortable yeah you know and i didn't feel like awkward Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so and it wasn't like sexy you know what i mean which i was i was easing into which was nice yeah i was like he's just helping me take off my dress but it's not like a oh i want to pounce on you now it's like you're beautiful it was the opposite of
1: pouncing yeah it was like slow delicate and sweet so after was it after you showered yeah we had an awesome as a virgin this was as good as sex itself was this moment right before where we you know really got to like i'm telling you men listening to this especially as you kind of bookmark stuff Mm -hmm. if you're like me you bookmarks the limited teaching you have on sex from a book biblical biblical perspective, this is one of those moments to mentally bookmark. When you learn about Song of Solomon, literally bookmark those images and what he did. And what we did is we listened to the song that Kate walked down the aisle to, that we cried to. And I wept in that moment. Mm. And I just kept repeating, like, because I couldn't help. It was like a overflow of my heart. Mm. You were just so beautiful Mm. in every sense and i see and this is what the foundation of sex is it's a vulnerable moment of true nakedness and the physical is just a representation of this Mm. it's a true naked vulnerable moment where you look at the other person and you just say you are beautiful and i love you Mm. and i accept you and i choose you and so
0: it was the sweetest moment of my entire life. <laughs> it really was. Like, I, like, never thought that, like, I had been healed so much on my journey, but, like, this deeply healed me before we ever did anything and had sex for the first time. Like, you, that, the moment the violins and the song when I walked down the aisle started coming on and you just, like, just kept saying through tears, like, you are so beautiful. You are so beautiful. And I was like, mm, this man, like, deeply cherishes me. And he doesn't just want me for sex like other guys in my past. Like, he deeply loves me and sees me and cherishes me. And yes, loves my body and and all, but loves all of me. And that's, like, the beauty of what sex can be on the other side of marriage yeah and it was truly you guys like the most beautiful healing moment
1: well that's how you know uh it was a godly moment yeah more than a moment that we could ever manufacture yeah and i will be honest the last thing on my mind in that moment was sex Mm. and the first thing on my mind was just how much i loved you yeah and how much i just wanted you to know that I just cherish you.
0: Yeah. Thanks, baby. Yeah. And I felt that. I still remember it like so well. It's yeah. like a, you know, core memory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Same here. And um, so I, I think if you're, especially if you're a guy listening, mm-hmm. that is the last thing culture, my dad, my dude friends ever taught me. Mm-hmm. And that is the last thing my natural mind and my flesh would have gone to. Yeah. Everything about my story and my flesh would have desired to make it all about sex. And yeah. that was the last thing on my mind in that moment.
0: And I want to say, like for the people out there um, that have a past, a sexual past, um, I just want you to know there is so much hope that God redeems. Like I this was so redeeming. And I I just it was. I, it really 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 for you that have a sexual history, it really can feel like the absolute first time you've ever had sex. And it it can be a totally new experience than anything you've ever experienced before in your life. Like just know it can be that on the other side of marriage. Mm -hmm. And there, even if you've had sex in the past, like there is such a beautiful reason to wait for that beautiful sanctification, sanctifying moment that just gives God glory. It just like experiencing that, JJ, I'm like, this is why. Like I I knew my why, but now I'm experiencing my why. And I just want to shout it to the rooftop to people of like, this is what it can be like. And, and I, we're not even talking about the sex yet. We're talking about like
1: the safety
0: and the cherishing and the being seen and the deep love that you don't get in transactional sex before marriage. Like you just don't. Even if somebody cares about you, you just don't get it. It's not possible. Um, It's not holy. There's just so much to it that I just want you to know if you have a past, like there is such a beautiful hope for your future in the realm of sex. 100%
1: One hundred percent, yeah, and I think to summarize basically that moment is there's a saying that in culture and in sex outside of marriage, sex is sex, and you you hook up and you put out, and as a result of sex, you have relationship. Mm-hmm. And biblically, in the way sex is designed is sex is actually an expression mm-hmm. of relationship. It's yeah. just a commemorative ceremony, an expression, a byproduct of relationship, yeah. and that's I felt like perfectly encapsulates that night. It wasn't even about sex; sex was a byproduct and a representation of the unity in the relationship,
0: yeah, I agree, yeah, I'm like so lost in it, it I know it was like so such good, a beautiful, but um okay so i'm gonna transition also to sex on our honeymoon and a few other questions people did ask me and i want to answer this yeah go ahead
1: kate shows me her dm sometimes i'm gonna ask a question everybody's been wondering you ready yes (laughs) did it hurt (laughs) (laughs) Everyone wants to know. I know. Did it hurt?
0: Yeah. I mean, it did. It did hurt. Everybody is different. For a lot of women, it can hurt a lot. Okay? And there is a true just physicality to that. Um <laughs> <It's>
1: physics. <laughs> yeah. Anatomy.
0: Anatomy. So it did hurt. and But the happy part for us is somebody had gifted us, a dear friend of mine had gifted us lube. And honestly, that helped a lot. Yeah.
1: They were married and they... They'd experienced and they were like, hey, you we think this, you might yeah. need this. I'm like, great.
0: It was like this organic thing. You can get it at Target. I think it's from – I forget, but it's great and we use that and it was very helpful. Yeah, super
1: awesome. <laughs> so, okay. So that was the first night. Um,
0: People want to know, did I wear lingerie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think those things are fun. You don't have to, but I wanted to. It helped me feel beautiful and I was excited to. It wasn't just like, I have to do this. No, I wanted to. Yeah. It was fun for me. Yeah. And,
1: and, and uh, another one I've been asked by guys is we only had sex once that night. And then we went to sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did
0: again in the morning, though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's another thing. It's like, oh, you can have it all night. I'm like, I know.
1: Mm-hmm. Like five times. I'm like, I mean, maybe for some, but I do think if you're of the mindset where sex tired. is the object, wow. well, people are tired and they're still, you know, I have friends and. Yes. It was like five times the wedding night, okay? Like, it's it <laughs> just insane. like, it's very different. I mean,
0: that's fine. <laughs> I'm not, that, that's just wild to me. I would but just yeah. say
1: this, like, make sure that sex is not on the throne of your marriage immediately. Yeah. And that's what you're setting the precedent and foundation with.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right, baby. Like,
1: that was super, super awesome for us.
0: So I think another thing is as we transitioned to talking about our honeymoon, we went to Bora Bora. It was the most beautiful place and it was so romantic. And one unexpected thing on our honeymoon was honestly the frequency of sex. Um, So I had an expectation per what we discussed in Simbus, and just like my expectation on the honeymoon. And per
1: what I, I was putting it down. Yeah. You, I was the one like. You were
0: like pumped. JJ what was, was I like, saying? Yeah, like. Every day, more than once, Multiple right?
1: times a day, yeah, every like, day. Like, we're going to, I've been waiting, waiting, so waiting, waiting, waiting. And like, I'm like, yeah.
0: okay. And we were on the same page. I was excited about that. It, I wasn't, I did not feel like, oh, I have to do it for him. No, I was like, I'm excited. Let's go. Let's do this. Um, And so I did have an expectation that we would have sex at least once a day, mo- probably more than that. And do you want to tell them what happened?
1: It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, and it didn't happen multiple times every single day. No, we did have days with multiple times, but for me, it was just physically much more challenging than I ever expected. And really, like I hyped it up, hyped it up, hyped it up, and it just kind of like fell flat from that sense of uh, sex wasn't overrated, but marriage in our relationship just took this place in my heart. that sex was kind of on the back burner like Like it it wasn't all about sex yeah and you know sex in itself was fulfilling enough that i didn't have to have this urge that i had to you know
0: do it multiple Feel, times a day, like
1: sexually. Yeah, yeah. Because
0: we right. had such a beautiful connected honeymoon, and I think too, there's some some layers to that where physically that was a hard thing, like for yeah, your body. It, it physically, times was hard for me.
1: But more importantly, I was just—I think I was like everything in my body and what porn and masturbation and my single life to that point had taught me was sex about was fulfilling a sexual urge and desire on my end. Mm-hmm. And when in reality is that. It's just an expression of the relationship like I get back to. Yeah. Sex so is just an expression of the relationship but like I was so satisfied. I felt like, you know, you go yeah. to the buffet, you fill up and I just felt so full in the relationship that I didn't I didn't have to have sex. Yeah. You know, to feel good.
0: And so we had to have some conversations about that. Yeah, there was
1: disappointment on Kate's end. Um, yeah, you know. there was
0: like, I was fighting, feeling rejected a little bit because I, because he had talked about it and hyped it up. And so I'm like, cool, I'm like going to get, young uh, stud, and I'm like multiple lingerie outfits a day. I'm like, so excited. So I'm like, babe, should I put on some lingerie? He's like, no. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why? What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, well, we did it earlier. I'm like, but. I, let's but do it it's again. like that was three hours ago <laughs> and he's like no honey just let's cuddle or yeah i'm like i'm good
1: let's cuddle let's go like, like have fun on the beach and explore i'm like i don't have to have sex to i'm so satisfied i'm like still full from the buffet so that
0: was like i had to like work through that and we'll talk about it in a second like do you ever feel rejected in sex and we'll talk about that as our sex journey has continued <sighs> so um also for people wondering just this is honestly for me. This is fun, and I did a whole carry-on with lingerie. I highly recommend. It's very fun, yeah. and I loved it, and I was like excited. It made it like a whole fun, exciting experience for uh-huh. me. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then, that's the honeymoon. Sex post honeymoon. <laughs> um. Well, I'll be honest. This is fun. I. This is not to brag, but it is fun. We did have a one-month streak, which means, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, we literally had yeah, sex every day for one month after which was totally unexpected. Yeah. Especially after the honeymoon and dealing with some disappointment, I'm like, you know, like we actually had a streak of one month which was super cool cuz it was nothing that we manufactured, mm-hmm. but we were just opening, you know, that door to push ourselves to see, you know, if we can continue to connect. And, and we
0: genuinely wanted to. That is not to say that you guys have to do that. Okay. Yeah. And that it shouldn't be the precedent. I share that not because like use that as a standard. That's just a part of our story. And yeah. we were having fun and exploring and trying different things. And it was just like, it was fun.
1: Yeah. It was just fun to to partake and build that in the foundation. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was funny because shortly after that. But we keep
0: in mind, two weeks of that was our honeymoon. So that was like part oh, of it. Oh, yeah.
1: That makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah
1: two weeks so half of that month was honeymoon and then the other half was uh getting back to real life and yeah. adjusting so but what's funny is like without anything just normal life rhythm we got more into a, a rhythm and sex has been wonderful and what makes it amazing Sex is best when you have emotional connection and unity. And as an outpouring of that spiritual, emotional connection and unity, (laughs) Mm -hmm. sex is just an expression of that. I can't like, we're going to get into this, but let me just say it like this. Sex is technically a sacrament. And what is a sacrament? A sacrament is a physical ceremony that's a representation of an invisible reality. What's another sacrament of our faith? Communion. Communion is physically taking bread, physically taking wine or grape juice and partaking as a spiritual representation of the invisible reality where we're reconvening with the new covenant of God. Sex is the same way. That's the sacrament, the the gift, the sacredness of sex is that it's a sacrament and it's just a physical expression of the invisible reality of the covenant you two have made. And it's really just an, a product of emotional and spiritual Unity. Yeah. That for me totally changed.
0: I think, and that brings up a good point that I've heard recently as well, but we've also experienced in our limited time of having sex together and being married is that having amazing sex. That has way less to do with positions and frequency and blah, 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 and more to do with do you and your partner have emotional connection? Are you affirming one another Uh consistently? Are you showing gratitude for your partner? Are you curious about them? Like all of those things actually will connect you more yeah. and allow you to have intimate connected sex versus just like really cool positions or blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, I keep saying blah blah blah. But I mean like whatever insert the blank that you think would make this awesome hot sex life. It's way the best the people with the best sex life. This is a research study. This are, is
1: so good. are
0: from literally the it's they did a whole this is Julie and John Gottman did this research study or They pulled this from a research study, but they shared it, okay? This
1: blew my mind. And yeah, the people
0: with the best sex, the three things that they have that are part of that is one, they consistently affirm their partner. They show gratitude for their partner. They consistently affirm them. Mm -hmm. Number two, they consistently show positive bids for attention. So John and Julie talk about this. Bid for attention is showing them, oh, babe, look at this video. And if JJ was like, oh, or just ignored me, that would be a negative bit for attention.
1: That's the other way around, by the way. I'm always showing Kate a funny video and she's like, I'm busy.
0: (laughs) So doing a positive bit for attention is like, oh, oh, okay, that's fun. Even if you're really not that interested, just showing them some sort of interest. They're trying to bring you into their life. So people with the best sex life have – on average, respond positively to bids 8 out of 10 times, roughly, which is a lot, okay? Once you realize how much you turn your partner down with little moments throughout Mm -hmm. the day. And then the third one is they – Uh, The third indicator was they are curious about their partner and they stay curious. So you're asking curious questions about them, never assuming that you know everything, checking in with them. So good. And so those people on average had the best sex life. It had literally nothing to do with-
1: With physical compatibility, Yeah, how hot you
0: think the other person is, blah, blah. Sex. Yeah. Yeah. It's like those three things.
1: Which is funny because that's a total outpouring of like unity and Mm express of the relationship, Yeah. positively received consistently by the other person, mm-hmm. curious about the other person, yeah. cherished by the other person, and then you so have good. sex. Yeah. So a lot of people ask what our biggest issue is. With sex. Challenge, you yeah. know.
0: I think two things. I would say the first is that this is just real, you guys. We've had issues with timing, um, like when JJ wants to have sex versus when I want to have sex. And because we just have different times of the day that we would prefer to connect in that way. Yeah. Like for me, when it's a work day, I am like, I'm in work zone <laughs> and I don't really want to have sex. Like I don't like sex really in the morning and I don't really want to do it during the day. And so, um,
1: so we compromise and have it at night only. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I prefer later in the day at night on the weekends. I don't care. It could be any time, but yeah. So but JJ often at night he's like, Oh well, can like I? Like right before
1: bedtime and I'm getting up to work out the next morning. I'm sorry, honey, I love you, but we had all day and like I ate a big meal. Okay. I'm just being honest. Or if I'm like it's like nine thirty, ten o'clock, and I've like been in bed for twenty minutes waiting on Kate, you know, and I'm like half asleep. I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> and I say no, and we'll get, we'll talk about that in future podcasts, you yeah. know, dealing with the rejection, quote-unquote rejection from your spouse.
0: Yeah, I think – so that's so something timing. we're still working on. We're yeah. trying to negotiate – not negotiate, but like figure that out and – prioritize it um because it is a priority for us yeah and that is also a thing like figuring out okay we have events but then we want to connect potentially sexually so uh-huh. we can't stay at that event till like the latest hour because then we won't come home we'll be too tired anyway, yeah so there's a lot to it it's prior- um,
1: prioritization of sex mm-hmm. is it actually important yeah it is what was the second challenge
0: oh that we can talk about more later but feeling rejected sometimes by your partner oh yeah
1: well yeah. i mean guess what just because you want to have sex Doesn't mean the other person always wants to have sex (laughs) and newsflash like it doesn't happen.
0: That's the reality is like you see in culture and movies like they're just perfectly both ready. They lock eyes and they're like, now is the time. And I'm like, it doesn't really happen that way. Well,
1: let (laughs) me bust a myth for you guys. The guy is not always down to say yes. Yes. And Kate, Kate, uh, what's the word, the P word you always use?
0: Proposition.
1: She, Kate propositions me and I say no.
0: And I'm like. What?
1: and she's like shocked i'm like yeah no i'm good like sex doesn't control me and i to a degree i'm not just like turn on turn off for me i'm actually a little bit more like i want unity mm-hmm. before we have sex that,
0: that's something that like if we're not in a great unified place you're like no i don't yeah I don't really if we're not to.
1: unified and we're just trying to use it as a tool to get unified i'm like no like,
0: so there's a lot. And you guys, we're still learning a lot. So please take a lot of this with a grain of salt because what we've learned, what we're learning in our current sex life yeah, in a year that's from now, ongoing. we may come back and be like, hey, this is now what we've learned. Okay. Correct. So we're still very much learning in this process. I have another question. Someone asked me, do you always lose use lingerie? <sighs> haha no no (laughs) like that's funny because i do love it it makes me feel sexy beautiful but like no i mean the reality of life and sex is very different than than always very very much a
1: special occasion thing
0: yeah and
1: Um, i liked it that way i don't trust me the funny thing about lingerie is that it's actually probably more for the girl than the guy (laughs) like if i'm at least for me like it's great it enhances the experience to a degree Mm. but trust me especially in the beginning like guys do not need lingerie to think the woman is beautiful okay you guys let's just leave it at that okay (laughs) you're
0: you're excited we're good (laughs) (laughs) okay what advice would you go back and give yourself right now before we began our journey in sex life
1: oh that's so good okay you go first
0: Um, I would actually say on the heels of what you just said, well, the number one would be what I said earlier. Even if you have a past, it can be so beautiful and so redeeming. Do the work now to heal, but know that like also in the right beautiful marriage, it will feel safe. It'll feel so different than you've ever felt before. It'll be a totally new thing. So that, but the other thing that I think is just good for ladies specifically is ladies, I just want you to know this. If you're getting married... The guy doesn't care what you look like. Like, this is a big thing, maybe for a whole separate episode, body image for females. For the most part, the guy does not really care what you look like. We are way more self-deprecating and worried about being bloated than the guy is. The guy does not see that we are bloated. I'm telling you that. He doesn't care. He sees your boobs and he's like, whoa. He doesn't look at your stomach. Like, he doesn't look at – he's like, oh, like, I'm telling you they do not care. Kate
1: was just at a bachelorette party (laughs) with half married and half singles.
0: (laughs) And I was like, they were like, what advice do you have? And I was like, Honestly, you need to know that if you're self conscious, that's on you because he doesn't care. He's not even going to second guess it at all. He's like, I get to have sex with this beautiful woman. He literally isn't thinking about, even if your breath smells for the most part. Um, I'm thinking about that, but JJ's not yeah. for the most part. And Le- so
1: <laughs> let's put it this way men, men are not dogs, but we're similar in some ways. <laughs> when you come home and you're sweaty or gross or whatever it is, Your dog is just happy to see you okay (laughs) (laughs) like they don't care like your dog doesn't care what your hair looks like how you know when's the last time you got a facial if you smell good your dog is just happy but like
0: with our bodies like you think you see your stretch marks you see your cellulite like i'm telling you the guy really doesn't see that okay yeah and that was that's been really healing for me and really freeing for me in sex and jj has had to be very affirming in ways but yeah yeah so that's my learning well the affirming part
1: (laughs) that's easy that's just like it is uh we love affirming our female partners Mm -hmm. and solidifying their identity that because guess what if i did overly affirm and look for those things like kate i'm sorry honey you're gonna get old You're going to get wrinkly. So, my physical. (laughs) I may have a baby at some point. If a lot of my attraction to you was based off physical attributes and how you looked and sex, I'd be in big trouble. Yeah. And that is like all you need to know there. Um, What about for you? What I would say two things, and this is what we'll wrap on, okay? Mm -hmm. Number one, do as much research as possible on the foundation and purpose of sex. What does it exemplify? Mm -hmm. What does it mean? Why is it so sacred in that sense? And what is the purpose of it? And at the end of that, I hope you're just astounded at the absolute covenantal representation that sex and the act of sex embodies. And most importantly, how much sex is not about you. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. It's not about fulfilling your desire and that sexual desire that you've had burning for so long. Mm -hmm. That is what the culture teaches. It's not
0: an itch to be scratched. Yeah. It's like, oh, I have this itch. We got to do this.
1: But sex is so much more Mm -hmm. when it's about the other person and when my focus is on giving pleasure to the other person. The best sex we have ever had in our short time is when i'm exclusively focused on kate mm-hmm. that's the best that's and it versa. yeah and, and vice versa so i would just say and that goes against everything i was programmed everything i and was wired what is to believe and important
0: for is that both parties need to be doing that in yeah my, like it's not because you hear a lot of women doing that and having we'll talk about this in later episodes it's both parties yeah for sure
1: mm-hmm. absolutely um, but I'm speaking to the guys 100% there. Yeah. And so, good. and number two, the listen to me, this one's so important and you're going to, I think you're going to hear this as a theme if I had to guess the best expectation with sex is no expectation. Mm. The best expectation is no expectation. Why? Because it's not an act. It's not an itch to be scratched or fulfilled. It is a journey and an expression. And in that journey, it's filled with awkwardness, communication, changing, adapting, and growing. Mm Mm-hmm the fact that it's awkward and you're talking about it and it's strange and it's vulnerable and weird should be celebrated cuz it's a journey yeah and i think that's like goes against what culture teaches like you got to be compatible how do you know like you should be quote unquote sexually incompatible in the beginning cuz that's just your starting point it yeah. should be awkward to You're degree. are figuring
0: each other out. Yeah. It's totally but fine. But that's what we
1: celebrate. Like that should be something we celebrate, not ashamed of. Yeah. The journey of growing and sex together.
0: Yeah. I love that, baby. That's good. Thank you. Well, guys, that was exposing. Yeah, that was I a lot. But I think in a good way. I hope you guys enjoyed it. The You are in for a really beautiful season. And um, yeah, our heart is to just really challenge you guys and heal you guys and and give you more clarity in this area that there is a lot of talking out there about this area but not a lot of talking in a godly biblical i think healthy way yeah for sure that's what our hope is well we
1: hope it serves you we hope it encourages you we hope Mm -hmm. this is one like i don't know about you but when i listen to any great biblical teaching as a single like when i when i did And it was rare because I just didn't have any business listening to it at that time. It was so impactful. Like those few tidbits and sermons and things I did look at and research into and hear, you know, Tim Keller teaching on sex and marriage. It was so good. It was so pivotal for Mm -hmm. me because I just had so little of it. Yeah. So.
0: So good. Amen. Okay, guys, that's it for today. And we will see you next week. Let's
1: go. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: The Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate Warman. It is a part of the Converge podcast network. Our incredible editor is the one and only Scott Caro. Our theme music was developed by the amazing Christian Ledoux. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesdays. So we'll see you next week.